Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M-I-P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome you to another edition of, of Make It Plain. And we are glad that you are able to join us. Ali Breeland the HBO documentary Into the Storm. And I confess that when I uh, first heard about it, I thought that, you, I remember when they did the uh, the movie about Winston Churchill. So I thought that's what it was about, The Gathering Storm. I didn't realize it first. <laughs> but this is another kind of storm. And this has been about QAnon. And it's, it's uh, one of its hosts, Jim Watkins. And what Ollie has done, is exploit a contradiction or, or inform us, I should say, of a contradiction. HBO has not been reporting so much on a contradiction. And so Ali is going to help us explain to the world the paradox of the QAnon conspiracy movement being so fascinated with pedophilia while its host has profited, profited off of child porn. Ali is going to reconcile that for us. Aren't you, Ali? You can do that, can't you? Uh, it, it's unreconcilable, actually, but I'll walk everyone through it. <laughs> Please do, man. First of all, how are you? You doing okay? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me back on here. Yeah, I mean, weather's getting better in D.C. It, it'll get really humid soon, but um, right now I'm just enjoying it. Everything's really good. Sure, sure. Good, good. So, yeah, tell us, man, about this and how HBO really hasn't dealt no. with this, correct? No, not at all. Um, and neither has the filmmaker Colin Hoback. Yeah, you know, I'll start off by saying that, like, in a lot of ways, the documentary accomplishes important and useful things. And I, I don't want to outright dismiss it completely with my critiques. For those unfamiliar, basically what the documentary does as a, as a sort of primer is this, this filmmaker Colin Hoback spends years sort of examining the key players of people who are 
responsible for propping up and propagating QAnon. Um, he digs into QAnon influencers who have made tons of money off of the movement, who've made uh, sort of a lot of money building up these massive followings and spreading QAnon's message, advancing the conspiracy theory that there is a sort of uh, deep state that's locked in a fight or that was locked in a fight with Donald Trump who Donald Trump was in his own way, was trying to take down this massive cabal of pedophile liberal elites who are in Hollywood and at the highest levels of government. Um, obviously, absolutely ludicrous conspiracy theory in most regards. But the documentary goes into people who were running the site 8chan and later 8kun, where the, the anonymous poster QAnon that was spreading all of these conspiracy theories was based off of, or excuse me, was based on and so he sort of uncovers who Mike Q actually be and who these responsible, who these people are um, in their responsibility for helping the QAnon myth persist and building the website that QAnon was based on. And so to get more specific for a second, the sort of issue for me that came in um, was that the filmmaker Colin Hoback cited our reporting in his story or in his film rather he included a little bit on, on this really interesting point we had found so one of the key subjects of his movie is this guy jim watkins jim watkins was the owner of 8chan um when QAnon was on it jim watkins is arguably as the case colin makes in his movie um responsible for QAnon himself and is um, related to the poster uh colin sort of makes the case that the QAnon might be Jim Watkins' son, Ron, who they have, who have a very close relationship with and are, and are sort of uh, partners in HN. And so Colin Hoback makes the claim in the movie that our reporting on Jim Watkins' ties to pedophilia are actually like non-existent, not very good. Basically, my colleague AJ Vesens and I did a joint report back in October that found that Jim Watkins had at different points hosted child porn themed domains like just I, I won't repeat them here, but they sort of mention child porn themes like preteens or children or schoolgirl, and then they would like fuse those domain names with, with really gross things like sex or, or rape or other sort of sex themed um, things that were were grosser than that. And so we couldn't visit these sites because we could never. It's it's illegal. There are no like journalistic exemptions or caveats in the United States for looking at child porn. So we never checked the sites to actually see what was on them. But one, whether or not there was anything on them, sort of the, the sort of guy behind QAnon profiting off of pedophiles clicking on these websites, whether or not there's anything on them is is gross in its own right. But two, we did run the research by experts and we looked in the sort of metadata and the analysis of what was going on in there on the websites by looking at things like file names and links on the websites, even though we couldn't actually see the files themselves. And that suggested that there was uh, child porn as well. But yeah, the the documentary director Colin sort of dismissed this, said that this actually wasn't the case, misled his viewers about our reporting and, and sort of accused us of, of being led astray by our sources. Now, weren't 8chan, QAnon and all these spaces kind of built around getting people excited around Democrats being involved in child porn and child kidnapping and pizzas and whatnot? Yeah, no, I mean, so that's, well, A-Chan is like multifaceted in a number of ways, but the QAnon segment of the community that was on A-Chan um, was very excited about that conspiracy theory in particular, yeah. So, I mean, how can people decry that type of behavior, even, especially when it's manufactured? There was never any proof that Hillary Clinton and everybody else was involved in that. But no. then you're saying that one of the people they follow who's hosting this, who's a prominent name in this Jim Watkins, yeah. is in fact involved in it, at least in terms of the, the, the porn video industry. 
Yeah, so yeah, he is he is very involved in pornography. That was one thing that the HBO director Colin Hoback did acknowledge that he does in he was involved in legal porn with like of age ostensibly consenting adults. But the bigger contradiction comes in that this person might have been involved in distributing child porn. And at the very least, he admitted this to us too. Uh, Jim Watkins admitted that at the very least, he helped host these domains. And like these domains were within his purview. So at the very least, he was like profiting off of pedophilically named domains. And then he might have also been hosting child porn as well. Again, Ali, and Adam, I'm probably putting too much pressure on you to explain that. No, please. There's a lot of details here. So whatever you need, I will break it down in the simplest terms I can. So, okay, so let's do, let's start here. Yeah. Do, do Jim Watkins followers know that about him? Do, do they absolutely know that's what he's been into? So Jim Watkins, he, he occupies like a weird spot. And it, it's, it's good that you asked for clarification because there is QAnon on the website, right? And QAnon is mm-hmm. supposedly this government insider. It, that's the, the Q is referenced for top level Q security clearance right. in, in government, right? So Jim Watkins owns or owned 8chan, which was the site Q was posting on. And then it had to rebrand for a number of reasons. And so it rebranded to 8kun. And then Q continued posting on this website as well. And Jim owned and ran this site, right? So he was the person that was giving the foundation of QAnon to this poster who was supposedly inside the government, who is waging a war on pedophiles. But the person who was like responsible for making sure that the battlefield was there, 8chan, uh, himself had his own connections to child porn themed domains and possibly child porn as well. Absolutely ludicrous. The QAnon community was really unaware of this. And the other thing they're unaware of too that goes even deeper that was acknowledged is that um, 8chan itself inadvertently hosted child porn because users would would post child porn on the website. There's legal immunity for for this kind of thing. Section 230. Jim Watkins and Ron were not you know liable for this content being on their website. Allegedly, they were pretty slow in taking it down, which I think is also another indictment of them. Um, but ultimately, like there's there's a few spots in which they're just obvious gross contradictions in this that you know just for the most part go un- unacknowledged. More MIP after this message. So you're saying that many of the followers weren't fully aware that this no. was correct? Yeah. So almost no one was aware of the domains um, until we broke that story, um, right. except for the researchers who came to us. The, there was some awareness of users posting child porn separately onto 8chan. Right. Uh, right. But QAnon followers sort of shielded themselves from that. Um, to Colin's credit, he had this one good sort of back and forth with um, a QAnon influencer. And he asked them, he says, do you know about this this child porn existing on 8chan? And they were very troubled by this. They had no idea. Um, or at least they claimed to have no idea. So that part was, was known. Um, our reporting took it further, obviously. But yeah. So that wasn't known. But is it, I mean, you're reporting this. Obviously, HBO didn't do enough to yeah. really expose it, right? They just kind of barely surface. Is that what they well, did? Not even. So HBO acknowledges this. I apologize for this being so convoluted. HBO okay. acknowledged the, the the bit about the child porn being on 8chan. But what they didn't do was, so they, they sort of misrepresented our reporting about 
the the websites that went even a step further that Jim Watkins owned. And they didn't even elide them outright. The the filmmaker acknowledges our reporting. He goes into detail about it, but he misleads his viewers about what we actually reported. We found scores of domains that Jim Watkins was hosting and not just hosting, but in some cases listed as an administrator on these websites, which is, is a sign that there is like clear direct links between him and these websites, right? Um, in the film, it's portrayed as though we only found one website and that that website had no child porn on it. And so that was, the filmmaker said that because of this, you know, that was really kind of like no gravitas and the story was kind of like a nothing burger. And, and so in doing that, he sort of misrepresents our reporting in just this very explicit way. And then also goes on um, and, and, you know, just actually misrepresents it. And then elides all of these other issues about all these other domains that might've had child porn on them. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating because this is a really, really important part, I think, about the Q narrative and is not just like a one-off thing. Like you have a very key central figure to QAnon, uh, someone who supports it himself, who's also involved in child porn. I think that that's like absolutely, you know, that's, that's incredible. That's big. And that's not something you misrepresent. Well, what, what, what do you think HBO is up to? Why, why would they not handle this in the appropriate way. Yeah, I'm not familiar um, with the sort of ins and outs of how HBO works. My assumption is that they're fairly like, they're, to some degree, they're hands off and like the creative control that they give their directors. So like, I, my inclination is to not like fault them. You know, right. they trust people to do a good job. And it's not like Colin was sitting there doing as best as I can tell, like a bunch of misrepresentations. This just seems to be one area that for whatever reason he misrepresented. And I don't know if he intended to outright lie about what was happening or if he just got lazy and didn't do his work here and didn't check either way. It's, it's not good, but I, yeah. I felt Colin Hoback more directly than I do HBO. Yeah. For messing so, up the details. That makes sense. Cause we know a lot of things that HBO airs, yeah. they get at the end, you know, yeah. we make a film and then we pitch to HBO they don't i don't i don't know that they would do the journalism on that yeah exactly um, right so so that does um um make sense um i i did notice a couple of times and and i don't want to read too much into it but i'll just say what i heard i mean i i heard cullen say more than once in the documentary and i wonder how many of you have seen it that he did not necessarily want to paint QAnon in an exclusively negative light. You know, one time, even at the beginning, he sounded like he wanted to be a little bit balanced about it. And I guess even to get the access he got, maybe that's something he felt like he had to do. But something of this magnitude, especially such a glaring paradox in terms of what people are mobilized by on QAnon, mm -hmm. I, I, I just think, I mean, if it were me, that would be an, an integrity problem for me. Now, how am I going to report on this and just leave this out? Is, is there any possibility Cullen just didn't know about it at all? Well, I mean, he read your piece. He misinterpreted your piece. So he knows, right? He can't yeah, say I mean, he's ignorant to it. Yeah. The way he reported on it, he either, like I said, like misrepresented the piece outright or, or only read like half of the piece or something like that and like just horribly misread it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, honestly, because it's confusing because he spends a lot of the documentary sort of doing a bunch of good work and getting Jim and his son, Rob Watkins, who is also the administrator of 8chan, and sort of indicting them in all of these ways and showing how they sort of damn themselves into these spots and like sort of showing their transgressions and their malfeasances. But in this one area, he weirdly gives them cover. And I can't tell what that is. I, I'm going to, you know, assume in good faith that he's not giving them cover 
dishonestly or, or out of trying to protect them in any sense, like any sort of intentional sense, I, I, I think maybe he takes them at their word and maybe wants to believe that for all of their problems and starting QAnon and all the damage that they've done, that they're not total absolute demons, I guess. I don't know. I don't know why he, he did that. But yeah, it's, it's weird. And it, it's a weird omission and not just omission, but weird misrepresentation to do. Yeah. Did you reach out to either uh, HBO or the filmmaker Hobeck? Yeah, so Colin did not, he wasn't nice enough to reach out to us to ask us for clarification or, or sort of like be critical of us, but we did extend that privilege back to him. I sent him a Twitter DM just letting him know that we wanted to talk to him and that we had some issues with his reporting and wanted to get his side of things. He basically just reiterated what he said and his sort of main justification was that like mainstream outlets didn't find anything on the story. I, I talked to some people about this and I like wasn't able to get anything on the record, so I can't like really fully go into it but what i can say is that from my own reporting i can't find anything about mainstream outlets looking at this story and deciding that it wasn't worth doing they might have not done it for their own reasons but it wasn't because that they did or didn't find anything there i asked colin about this more in depthly and he wasn't able to give me answers which leads me to believe that again i i i'm not going to say that he was lying but his information is, is wrong so he's either misrepresenting what he does know, getting his information from bad sources secondhand um, or doubling down. But yeah, so that was what he sort of, he just reiterated everything, doubled down, and then didn't respond to my request to call and talk about it further. Mm -hmm. Now, forgive me if I missed something too. In terms of profiteering and whatnot that Jim Watkins has been doing over time, is he exposed any criminal liability for his behavior at all in any of this child pornography? Yeah, so that's no. As best as I can tell, he hasn't been. Um, he told us when we were talking to him and reporting the story that he'd like talked to the FBI for different reasons. Given all of the things that he's sort of involved in over the years, there's a number of reasons that the FBI could talk to him if they actually did. It's also important to you know take everything that he says with a grain of salt. I think he's notoriously unreliable, which both I found in my reporting and the documentary shows as well. But there could be. I have no idea. There could be impending an impending investigation. They could be building a case against him. The government, the FBI, or the authorities in the Philippines might have decided for whatever reason that they actually can't pursue this or that it's not worth their time. Um, I'm not really sure what what the deal is on that end. But but under I mean, but under normal circumstances, wouldn't one be exposing themselves criminally? I mean, if if you if, or I were involved in that, you know, if you, we were doing that today we'd be on investigation for that, wouldn't we? Yeah, so the pedophilic domain, like just like the, these sort of gross names in, in, the, in and of their own right, I don't think that that's illegal to do to make up these domain names. I, I'm sure that there are free speech laws that would cover that. But if there is child porn on these websites, which our reporting suggested that there might be, then that would certainly be illegal. And I don't know what the deal is if, if there is an investigation into that or not. Okay, okay. Very yeah. interesting. So, 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 what's next in terms of this story? Where does where where does it go next? So, how would or where else do you see it going? Yeah. So, what we're going to do is talk to international child agencies um, or child exploitation agencies. My understanding is that so as as best as I can tell, in the United States, it's it's very difficult for anyone to look at this kind of material legally. I know that one of the only like people who are authorized to do that is like the FBI, and not everyone in the FBI can do that. Like there have been instances where law enforcement has actually gotten themselves into trouble by like investigating child porn and then accidentally obtaining it on their own to investigate it. And then they've incurred criminal charges. And so basically like in the U S 
you have to like be on FBI premises and then a special location and have special authorization to review child porn. But I think internationally, there are some organizations that can go and see if there are matches. And so the next step is to see, to provide these URLs to them and for them to look at them as well. Yeah. And, and see what's, what's going on there. And then from there, we'll be able to like do more reporting. Okay. Ollie Breland, folks at Mother Jones. Hey, Ollie, uh, what's the next, what's the next piece you're working on? Yeah, thank you so much. I actually have an interview coming out with the Lucas brothers who were um, co-writers of Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, wow. I think a lot of the interviews have focused on the sort of like Hollywood aspect of what they do and the sort of like intrigue of comedians delving into very serious material. The reporting that uh, and the interview that I get into with them tries to sort of focus a little bit more on... Um, the politics of the Black Messiah, what it's like to make, you know, a radical movie that espouses pro-socialist ideology and just talks about the contemporary state of Black radicalism, too. Okay, okay. All right. Black men getting pulled over on traffic stops and being shot. Jim Watkins not even being challenged on his history with child video pornography. This is America. Another day, y'all. Okay, Ali, thank you, buddy. Folks, check out his piece at motherjones.com and we'll tweet it as well. Ali, thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.